country of Indonesia. Do they like me in Indonesia? 100% confident Indonesia will prevail. Hello and welcome to Talking Indonesia. My name is Gemma Purdy. In recent years, Indonesian cinema has enjoyed great acclaim at international film festivals around the world. In 2017, Muli Surya's film Malina the Murderer in Four Acts was met with rave reviews when it premiered at Cannes Film Festival. And last month, Edwin's Vengeance is All Mine, Others Pay Cash, based on the novel of the same name by Eka Kurniawan, took out the top award at the Locarno Festival in Switzerland. This so-called Indonesian new wave is made up of a generation of filmmakers in their 30s and 40s who have come of age in post-New Order Indonesia. Their films tackle weighty themes like gender identity and inequality, historical injustice, sexual violence, family tragedy and the tensions between youth culture and tradition. Themes that transcend and translate for audiences around the world. What is behind this so-called new wave of Indonesian cinema? What are the reasons for this international success? And is that being translated into audiences for these films at home? And importantly, what are the challenges facing the industry during a pandemic? To talk about these questions and more, my guest today is Yulia Avina Bahara, a film producer and founder of Kawan Kawan Media, a Jakarta-based film production house. Yulia is also a member of the Jury for 2021 of the Real Ozind Australia-Indonesia Short Film Festival, of which I am the director. Hello, Yulia. Welcome to Talking Indonesia. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Gemma. It's great to have you there. Yes, yes, and thank you for having me. No, you're very welcome. Now, Yulia, I thought I'd love it if you could introduce yourself to the listeners. Start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your journey to making films. Well, okay. I'm producer and founder in Kawan Kawan Media, film production house based in Jakarta, and we focus on the international co-production and, and distribution. I produce film after seven years, produce a theater's place. Uh, I never went to the film school. I learned producing from the theater place production. And I produce a short film, documentary, and fictions. Some titles that I produce since 2015, among others, are On the Origin of Fear by Bayou Piantoro Filmon, a short film premiere in Venice in 2016, uh, Solo Solitude by Joseph Anginun about a poet activist, Luigi Tukul, who still disappeared until now. It premiered in Locarno and The Science of Fictions by uh, Joseph Anginun. Uh, the other title is a documentary uh, UNI by uh, Fanny Kotimah and it won a best film in Asian section in the MZ Docs uh, Korea and Next Wave Award in CPH uh, Doc Denmark 2021. Just few weeks ago, uh, we premiered our film uh, by Filipino director Carlo Francisco Manatat. The title is Whether the Weather is Fine, uh, which won Best Youth Prize in Locarno and it will screen also in Toronto Film Festival in a few days. 
other than that, uh, last year I produced uh, Sandiwara Sastra, a podcast adaptation from the Indonesian literature. Uh, and just recently, a few weeks ago, uh, we also uh, released Di Tepi Sejarah. It's a monologue about uh, important people in the past. Yeah, that's uh, about me. You've been so busy in seven years, Yulia. That's an amazing (laughs) list. And I know that there's more on that list because I've seen your bio data. That's wow. So so tell us a little bit. So you said you started in the theatre. So what made Mm -hmm. you fall in love with film? How did you get into it? Okay, so honestly, I I couldn't answer why uh, I'm falling in love with this medium with films uh, yes I watched uh, lots of films in my childhood because uh, there was uh, a cinema uh, close to our house and mostly I watch Indonesian Indian and also Kung Fu uh, from Hong Kong uh, yes I love the medium because it's timeless but honestly I cannot explain why I love film but once I uh, produce it and then I can stop producing it. So what I know is that uh, I produce one film and then produce another because uh, like uh, uh, living as a producer, sometimes, of course, it, it doesn't make sense. It, you see how it's uh, hard, especially with the kind of team that I produce in our company. But I just know that I couldn't stop one film finish and start another. So, yeah, they overlap by the sounds of your projects. There's just so much energy that you need and, and I love that so much. And, yeah, I just uh, it's like a, a bug. It's got you now. You can't stop. You were talking about some of the festivals that you've had films premiere in recently. I know you've just come back from Europe where you've been mm-hmm. at the Locarno Festival in Switzerland and also you went to Cannes. I wanted to ask about the special program that you were involved in at Cannes, the L'Atelier Cannes with Yosa mm-hmm. Bangi Nun, who we know yeah. very, very well. And you- also jury, though, the in, in real Oz. That's right. Angi was on our jury and actually I've spoken to him on our podcast before. So about <laughs> Solo Solitude, which was oh. film. Yes. So it's awesome that you guys were back in Cannes. So tell me, how did that go? And well, how did you get selected to be part of that program? It's really, really prestigious. Well, uh, Atelier Cannes was my first uh, offline uh, project market during the pandemic. Uh, for two years, I had several online project market from documentary and also fictions. Oh, well, I would say that offline event and when you explain about the project directly to the potential partners, it's totally different because you can feel potential partners, their interest or they not interest. And then after uh, two years, it was uh, happened especially in Cannes, it, w- it was just amazing for me. And I'm grateful to have this experience because Atelier Cannes was one of the prestigious market in the world and parallel with the festival. And the bonus was that we won the Sorpon Award, uh, which is we will pitch our project in Norway in November. So Yes, uh, film market is the best place to introduce our film project to the stakeholder because they see that this project has a potential and it already created by the selection committee and there are uh, people who working years in the industry. 
and how we get into the atelier was of course uh, the first we submit our project to the platform in the application we we call it in the film is dossier it contain about uh, information about our film uh, such as uh, synopsis director statement producer statement biography the budget financing plan and the uh, financing and distribution uh, strategy and also the script and then after two months we got contact from uh, George uh, that uh, he is the, the director of Sino Foundation and then uh, he emailed and asked a Skype meeting uh, so we have an interview like Q&A something like that and then a week after we uh, got confirmation that we get into the platform. Wow. Well, congratulations. And that's such great news that you, you're now going on to that next stage of pitching. So I guess I, the, my question is, you know, really, I think it's amazing how well Indonesian films appear to be doing around the world at international festivals, not only you and Angi at Cannes at the L'Atelier, mm-hmm. but as you mentioned, um, you were at Locarno, where, in fact, an Indonesian film won the Golden Leopard, which is the award yeah. given for best picture at that Film Festival in Switzerland, Edwin's Vengeance is Mine, All Others Pay Cash, which is based on Eka Kurniawan's novel. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've also seen, like you mentioned, so many Indonesian films getting picked up and selected for uh, Toronto Film Festival and Busan Mm -hmm. Film Festival, so many great things, which is really exciting. So I wondered if, you know, what's going on here? Um, Why do you think that Indonesian films are having such great success at these festivals? Ah uh, well, uh, first of all, I think this is uh, related with if we see how we are growing as a Southeast Asian region because I think also more and more initiative in the region and also in each country. Few years back, uh, some initiation started. For example, like a Purin Pictures in Thailand, uh, Southeast Asian Fiction Lab uh, by Raymond Patara Pinrangun in, in Thailand. Uh, Singapore now has a Singapore Film Commission with Singapore Co-Production Grant. Backrap Indonesia with the program to support Indonesian filmmakers to Torino Film Lab. Film Development Council with uh, the Philippines with the ASEAN Co-Production Grant. And Ministry of Culture of Indonesia with the new scheme of the production a grant and also I heard that the next year they will continue it with the match fund. Uh, all of this uh, initiation in my opinion is very important to help uh, filmmakers to bring the project internationally. For example, our project Autobiography, the project participated to Torino Film Lab, Bernari Co-Production Market and it won a Locarno Open Doors. After that, after we won the prize, the other submission we also get the fund. So to me, we are more and more to be seen because we also more and more strong as a region. So I think in this case, we cannot only talk about Indonesian because the Indonesian cinema is stronger because as a region, we also getting stronger. Yeah, wow. Okay, so it's, it is very much about the governments of the region investing in the talent because, you know, obviously the talent's always been there, you could argue. Mm-hmm. So th- that's really interesting. And I guess what you've described is this this cross-fertilisation and collaboration that's happening mm-hmm. a- around the region. And once you've got your foot in the door at these festivals, mm-hmm. then I guess the festival directors tend to look for your next project. Is that how it goes sometimes? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right. So that's sometimes success breeds success a little bit, which mm-hmm. is fantastic and, and it rolls on and on. So this is what's going on internationally. What about these films when they come back to Indonesia or to the Southeast Asian country that they're from? Are they getting audiences back home too? Mm-hmm. Yes, I think yes. For example, like uh, Solo Solitude that I produced in 2016, after the world premiere in Locarno and uh, also traveling to some festival, got the awards, we bring this film into the Indonesian cinema and it got 54,000 admission in the commercial cinema just only from 19 screen at the beginning and follow up also with the other title that released after that like Ziara and Marlina I think uh, little by little this niche uh, market growing and there is demand and I think the more diverse Indonesian cinema the more audiences will accept Faris kind of film yes I think it's it's really helped yeah, and from sitting outside and looking in, you can see that getting awards internationally does pique interest with audiences in Indonesia. A lot of the themes and the topics that the films that you're involved in and other films that are having so much success, they touch on quite difficult subject matter, don't they? And for example, Solo Solitude is, as you mentioned earlier, a, you know, about a dark time in Indonesia's history, really, an unresolved case of a missing person. So are there some challenges there reaching audiences or even with around censorship issues with these films? Uh, Well, for example, like uh, with Solo Solitude, uh, we don't have any problem to release it in the commercial cinema. We're working with the Ministry of Culture to screen it in the cinema. They had uh, several events for promote the film. They watch the film together with the student that they invited. I think now uh, in Indonesia, we are in the, I would say, like uh, we learn about the uh, uh, democracy. So I think this is also always uncertain situation, but at least I think for now we have a space to talk to the audiences and the audiences are the young people. So I think this is uh, the time that we can just open the discussion, I think, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the the filmmakers themselves, like you, like Angi, uh, like Camila Andini and uh, mm-hmm. Edwin, you're all young, yeah? I mean, you're all in your 30s and your 40s. I, ho- I hope, yeah, I mean, like, that's... <laughs> No, you guys, you're all of the generation. It's the, it's the post-Reformasi generation, I guess. You've grown up as adults in this post-Reformasi Indonesia. And yeah, so what you're saying is you know, really interesting in that context because you've embraced all the freedoms and democratic values that you've grown up with. And that seems to be reflected in the films that are being made and it's really exciting. Also, what's so brilliant is the level of technical expertise, Yulia. Tell us a little bit about the craft. The level of filmmaking craft is really, really high. I think now we are more good and good technically and then also in terms of a craftsmanship. But also, as I mentioned before about region, so I think 
this is also open to us uh, as a region Southeast Asian in collaboration, not only uh, for financing, but also we can work together in the film. For example, like uh, autobiography, our editor is uh, the Philippines and we met him in Torino Film Lab. He also director. His film was uh, premiered in, in, in Locarno. So I think this is the time of the collaboration and it not only just about financing, but we, we also can collaborate in the artistic side. So this can be like more and more uh, make a quality of the craftsmanship of the film. Yes. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Well, it shows. And I think that there's something that's a beautiful aesthetic that Indonesian filmmakers and Southeast Asian filmmakers have. It's fantastic. Obviously, this past 18 months has been very challenging for the film industry globally, for cinemas, for that industry, you know, to welcome audiences is still difficult. Um, Here in parts of Australia, we still have cinemas closed, Mm -hmm. I know also in Indonesia. So how is the industry managing in Indonesia? Have you been able to continue to shoot? You know, what are the challenges that you're still facing? Well, yes, of course, uh, it affects a big for the Indonesian cinema. Cinema was closed in Indonesia until now. Uh, numbers of the production was cancelled, postponed. I think it it's a huge loss until now. Of course, I couldn't speak on behalf of the other producer, but at least in uh, in our company, even though we are able to release our films, uh, the science officials uh, in cinema in December last year, 2020. But then because the cinema is, t- is still closed, we don't know when it will be open. The other film that we have, for example, you and I, we screened this film direct to the online platform. We we did this because we don't have many options. And I think some uh, producer in Indonesia also did the uh, same. But luckily, after postpone one year, on the 1st of July, on my birthday, uh, the project that I am working on, uh, the title is Autobiography. We managed to finish the shoot of the film. This film is the first feature film of Makul Mubarak, 43 days production, and we finished the shoot uh, just only two days before the second lockdown. Yes, we are very lucky, but the shoot, it's very challenging every day, stress with the possibility, for example, that some crew will get the virus uh, and, of course, to secure the uh, healthy protocol, it makes uh, the budget going up to 30%, but luckily, we we can finish it, and I think the challenges that we will continue our minute because, for example, only for a production aspect, like film is the medium that needs lots of people in the field, in the production. And due the pandemic, it's very like opposite because of the protocol must be less people and so on and so on. So lots of challenge and what we can do as a producer, uh, at least me, is uh, to sure that we can survive. We can survive in, yeah. Yeah, wow, what a task to juggle this project. You're amazing that you did that shoot in in 43 days. And so you were in Europe for a little bit longer after the festivals. Is that the project that you were working on post-production for, for that film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so 
Now I'm working on the project, as I mentioned, autobiography by Makbul Mubarak. Uh, it's now in post-production. It's co-production between Indonesia, Singapore, the Philippines, uh, Poland, Germany, and France. And hoping that we can start uh, distribute the film in early next of a uh, festival cycle. The other project that I'm working on in a post-production is a documentary uh, film with the title Voice of Bacaprot by Josep Anginun. And it was presented at the Fashion Duril uh, Project Market, Cannes Doc, and DMZ Docs last year. And the other project, Uh, by Yosef Anginun, um, now in development and financing Jila and the Men with Two Names. Uh, that one was presented at Cannes Atelier. It's a contemporary story about a woman who meets someone through the uh, dating application. I also working on Songsmith uh, by first-timer director Bayu Philemon, and it was presented at Torino Film Lab. In October, we will present our project A Tale of the Land uh, by Yogyakarta based director Lulu Hendra and we will be in Busan ASEAN project market in October. Few days ago our documentary My Sister Umi Achi by Fanny Kotimah presented at Docs by the Sea where we won the Indox Prize for Development. We also produced first film of a female director Nindiraras and in the region uh, we co-produced uh, Tiger Stripes uh, first film by Malaysian director Amanda Nail Eu and we also working on the preparation of Indonesian release for uh, whether the weather is fine by Philippine director Carlo Francisco Manatat yes all of this project we aim for the international collaboration through the project market that we been uh, participating yeah yeah so that seems key i mean that's extraordinary that Uh, coalition of different countries mm-hmm. mentioned you know Philippines Singapore Poland Germany France and so there's there's quite a lot of interest from Europe right in, in Southeast Asian film right now I mean it makes me wonder where in this picture is Australia why isn't Australian you know co-production happening with Indonesia I know that there's a tiny little bit of this but usually it's any films perhaps a made in Australia that's very much about an Indonesian filmmaker coming here and using a location here they're not really co-funded as you know as far as I'm aware so that's I'm just putting that out there I don't expect you to have an answer but it seems to me that that is you know really lacking um you know from where I sit <laughs> because obviously what my interest is with Real Oz End and The, our objective over the last six years, which has been to mm-hmm. bring uh, Indonesian films to Australian audiences and, and Australian films to Indonesian audiences, and it just goes to show that we still are not quite there yet in terms of mm-hmm. creating this space where Australian and Indonesian filmmakers can collaborate a little bit mm-hmm. more. So the international collaboration is so key to what you're doing. And obviously those project markets are just other place to be. <laughs> you mentioned a couple of films, uh, just just listening to you there, where you said first-time filmmaker, first-time filmmaker. <laughs> so is that, that's really exciting. Is that you going out there and like looking for new talent and finding it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the region, we, of course, we met through the platform like festival project market but then we also in the real life we also friends 
who always exchange about what is the challenging, uh, can we working together, and we also yeah talks about many things and end up just not only like uh, we are our friends, but it continue with we working together. Yes, I think the first is that of course we met in those platform but then we follow up with like a real conversation as a friends and then naturally we decide to working together yeah yeah so you got to kind of have a good rapport that's kind of important i guess mm-hmm. because you, yeah you're kind yeah, of yeah. going into something it's it's such a gamble isn't it to make a film it's a big risk <laughs> you never quite know it's, it's this creative process but it's also a commercial consideration that you've yeah. got got to take into account extraordinary you also mentioned that you work with quite a lot of women directors is you know is that just how it goes or do you think that there's more women getting involved in film direction in the region I think yes uh, as I know a lot so female director from Southeast Asian and also from Indonesia for example of course me as a, a female producer I really really want to have a uh, lots of like more and more working with the female uh, director and I think I'm I'm happy that at least in our in our company we have a uh, several female director that we are working on and I think we have to uh, continue it yes it definitely sounds like you're doing that um, just a final question is really about you being a member of our jury this year and realizing that, you know, I'm so grateful and thankful to you for, for giving your time and doing that for us. And just, I guess, what do you think is the benefit for Indonesian filmmakers of participating in something like realizing? I mean, it's a short film festival. It's really for emerging mm-hmm. filmmakers. You know, what do they get out of it? So I think first of all, there is always a story that we can tell from our agents. There will always be talent, but to discover more and more talent, uh, this is a challenge. Uh, for me, Real Oz is an important platform for the filmmakers to showcase their film and for industry people, producer. This is also the platform that they can discover talent with the fresh approach in terms of the artistic and uh, for me short film is always a perfect example and proof for all the stakeholders that the the director they they can make the film and then we all we can move forward to working on the feature film and then real us uh, for me is one of those platform where you can meet the talents so i think this is benefit two sides the uh, filmmakers and also the the industry yeah, exactly. I love that. I'm going to use that term. It's where you can come to discover talent <laughs> as well as discovering, you know, discovering new stories about our near neighbours that we really don't know enough of. So thank you so much, Julia, for doing your work. All the best for all those projects. I can't wait to see them all. Yeah. Take care and thank you again. Thank you, Gemma, and good luck for uh, the podcast. Uh, Good luck also for the real us. Thank you so much. That was Yulia Avina Bahara from Kawan Kawan Media. Talking Indonesia will return on the 16th of September, hosted by Charlotte Setijadi. Remember, you can find the entire Talking Indonesia podcast archive at the Indonesia at Melbourne blog. Subscribe via iTunes so you'll never miss an episode or find us via your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, this has been the Talking Indonesia podcast. Thanks for listening and bye for now.